0: Welcome to episode 212 of the McSauce comic book podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce, sharply. Hello. And Matt Casale.
1: I just thought of something. Can we dim the lights a little bit, uh, Ian, if we're going to be talking about... Well, Paul, what are we talking about tonight?
0: We're gonna Tonight, we're going to review It, the theatrical movie that was released last week. We had... A McSauce field trip. The three of us went together. We saw It at 10.15. And tonight we're going to get... Uh, we're we're going to get... Um, Into It! T- tonight I being... was going to say we're going to get creepy and spooky, but I wanted to do the Adams Family theme, but I can't yeah, think of it. Creepy and kooky? Creepy but and kooky? I don't know. Uh, something, something spooky? Yeah. Paul, what's today's date? Today's like... uh nine eleven. Never forget. Never forget. And before we get into our
2: It review, we're going to do housekeeping with Ian Sharp. Never forget McSauce.com, the home of the webcomics podcast and reviews that this group of fine fellows puts out every single week. You can talk to us on Facebook. If you go to Facebook, type in MCSOSS, and you will find the Facebook fan page where you can react to all of our uh, our our podcast thoughts, our web comic musings, you can uh, have a conversation with with us there. You can react to everything that we do here on the old pod. You can also find us on Instagram. Same deal. Type in MCSOSS, and you can find. The webcomics are also listed there. We also have random pictures from, sometimes we take pictures before the pod, sometimes whenever we're out. I don't know why we didn't take any pictures when we were out at our Mixos field trip to the movies last uh, week, but, you know, uh, or did I, we take some pictures?
0: I, try, I tried taking one, it didn't turn out all that great, and I hate being, like, a photo shoot guy. Yeah. Hey guys, let's take a picture. Take a picture. Uh the Adams family lyrics I was looking for were They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious
2: and spooky. Are they all together ooky? Yeah, the Adams family. Yeah. It's gross. So, yeah, Com. Check us out. Last week, last
0: Thursday, ten fifteen show. Uh, there were no midnights. We wanted it to be as spooky, as ooky, as possible. <laughs> Crank up the ook, <laughs> the, the we ook-o-meter We wanted it to be. Uh, we wanted to want. We wanted it to be the most atmospheric viewing uh, of it that we could get, while also having some convenience. I think there was like a. We went to see it at 10.15. I think there was like a 10.35 or a 10.45, but those didn't have reserved seats. And I am way too old to be fighting people for seats. Yeah. Like, give me reserved seats.
1: Or give me death.
0: Right? It's not going to result in any kind of theater justice. Just, you know, give everyone an assigned seat. Let them go in. Let me go in. Enjoy myself. That's what we did for it. Um... Paul, what is theater justice? Theater justice is when you break. We don't have theater commandments, um, but we maybe should. Maybe, maybe we should. But everyone should like general theater disruptions. If you're checking your cell phone in the middle of the movie, if you're talking, you know, if if you're being a distraction in any way to people around you, that's gonna get you dragged out of the theater into the concourse where your head's going to get chopped off. Well,
2: Hashtag theater justice. In the theater that we were at for It, there was, a, there was a considerable amount of floor space in between the final row of seats and the screen, which I thought is a prime place to have a nice theater guillotine, a th- theatine <laughs> set up. So you can just, you know, while everybody... Hey, we're all gathered together, you know, after... I think as soon as the credits start to roll, we should probably drag said offender down to so the you, think you? So you want
0: it to be a surprise for the offender. Like, this? they do something in the middle of the movie, and then they have to wait until credits... To find out if they're being dragged out or not.
2: Yeah, I I think that that's good. Or or do you not like that? Um, no,
0: I, I, I I'm I'm in for that. I, I also like the
2: in theater experience. I think it makes it more personal. Right. I feel like it's your last meal. Right. Hey, but you, you act like an asshole. Right. And, but, and you get sure you get to see the end of the movie. I mean, that's the last thing. But you're I see. also
0: like the main concourse. For all theater goers, so that everyone to see? get the message across, because the point of theater justice is you only need to do it once, right? One beheading, okay, in a North American theater is going <laughs> to end all theater shenanigans. See, But you know, One you know life, better. You know, for you know many. better, Paul.
2: You know it's going to take. They said multiple it, beheadings. They said it. Well, yeah, I mean,
0: Americans some, don't yeah, don't listen. They said it in *Rathakan*. I don't know the exact quote. Someone's gonna Was mess me Khan? up on social media. No, uh, uh,
2: something like from Hell's from Heart. Like I one stab life the...
0: for the cost of one for the for many. hate's sake I... or something, something like that. Boy, am I gonna get it after this episode's?
2: I released. don't think they reference theater justice in the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> no, but
0: like, I, I like the I like the personal beheading in in your theater because it's. Everyone in the theater knows what
2: happened. I feel like there would be a just an outcry, like cheers, like leftover popcorn just being thrown. Like, yeah, fuck yes. A shaming Cut their head off. Shaming and, ruined and beheading ruined my is what you're calling experience. for. I, I want, I just want justice. That's what I want.
0: I think justice can be better served to a bigger audience. I think we take it once... Once the you, you all right? Maybe so I'm just too bloodthirsty. The offender gets dragged out at the time of the offense.
2: Okay. They sit
0: in theater jail oh, until. Oh, wait, well, so who's who's doing the dragging out? Theater police. The theater Ms, MPs.
2: I feel TPs. What? The t, the TPs. The theater police. What? So what are they? Well, that sounds very uh, Don't you think unimposing. The, the Shouldn't it be the theater executioner? Yeah. Themselves
1: black hooded yeah. and everything. Yeah, that's what, you have, that's what no. I'm talking about. I, no, like I, huge muscle bound shirtless, but with black hood. The, no, the theater
0: executioner is just the apex, the apex of the ex- the experience. It's, you know, the the compound fear at the end of the line for the... For the theater infraction, granted.
1: Infractioner. However, the grim however, the grim thieper. Don't you feel no, like that's not as you, good?
0: You were on your game earlier. You need to get your shit together. That was you, garbage. Let me, let
1: me
2: get some more beers.
1: If you saw the the executioner wading his way through the the crowd, it would just be that extra little like reminder. Don't misbehave. Yeah. Don't talk. Maybe he
2: should no. come out. You know what? The, the theater he, executioner should make his rounds before, like, instead of having the, like, hey, turn your, or while. Turn your cell phones off, assholes. Like, he should walk to the front of the theater, maybe just like.
1: Maybe he could be featured, or uh, or the beheading video is featured in Don't Turn Your Cell Phone On During the Movie. Last the, week at
2: Cinemark the
0: North. Theater, the theater, the actual executioner you never see the executioner. The only time you see the executioner, he needs to be held back. He needs to be something really special. You see him in person, or not at all. He has like a, a, a emperor's royal guard of sorts that comes to your seat, escorts you out. Your life is forfeit.
2: Okay, at that so point. so they're bright. Okay, so they're red. I feel like they should be like red, like the blood the red. exit signs. Like they should glow because they're coming to escort you to your fucking death.
1: Right. You're exiting life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I think there's there's
0: um like there's their deputies executioner <laughs> deputies that come do the extraction and then <laughs> they he sits in theater jail until the movie's over. And then at the end, they drag him out to the concourse. Everyone leaving the screening is there. They'll all pull up because, you know, we'll see the axe stand stage already erected. (coughs) Theatine. The The (laughs) Theatine.
1: You know, talk about a heck of a bumper after the movie. You know, we sit around and wait for funny quips from Captain America after Spider-Man but like this is a true dude
2: I would run outside to watch somebody get their fucking dumb cell phone fucking non turning off head lopped off and put in my bucket you know, so I can take it home. And be like, see, this is what happened to you, motherfuckers. You know what, Matt? There
0: is a specific bloodlust coming from this side of the room tonight.
1: There really is. I don't know if it's because we turned the lights off or what, but you
0: know, I don't, I don't want to get too deep into this, but
1: like, it's you know, Cinemark's only been eleven minutes so far.
0: Cinemark does have the deal where you buy like a yearly cup and popcorn bucket, and you get. A discount on refills when you go back to Cinemark Theaters. Yeah, I'm all over that. Is uh, but what would be the what would be the discount or the markup for that? Because I'm telling you what, one beheading, all nonsense stops. We're not gonna get. We're not gonna be able to get like a regular discount on like blood.
2: Oh, <laughs> for oh, your theaters oh.
0: because it's not gonna happen that often.
2: You think I feel I know theater people. I know that there are going to be multiple beheadings.
1: Ian, that's true. A week. However, these theater people have never experienced the swift hand of theater justice. Right. And and I feel like I, I want to side with Paul that once justice is exacted, that's it. There there will be no more shenanigans.
0: Let's right because now I across, wish we could test this out. Across
1: the country.
0: Sure. Like uh, let's say we all go to Pittsburgh's North Hills McCandless Crossing Theater. Right. We see a live <laughs> beheading by axe, not a theatine, but a an executioner. Boo. What do you think's more dramatic? The theatine? I want to see you know, black hood, physically the, the right? no, chopping someone I like, the Head Dude off.
2: can be
1: there. He can like pull lever. No, the no, no, no. The guy I want to see. An I want to see.
0: I want potential emotional anguish on the part of the executioner.
1: Oh, I don't want anguish. But how cool would it that be? Would have have some blood wait, wait. Lust. How cool would it be? Because he might not have. Dude, what's wrong with you? Two. He, he might not have the. The precision that a, that a guillotine actually has, and maybe he would miss a little bit, and the whole head doesn't quite come off after the yeah. first chop. Bigger lesson learned, right? So, that guy, well, actually I mean, he's feels still gonna have to. While, like... No, this
0: guy's gonna
2: be a professional. Where are we gonna recruit him from? I'm
0: sure we could find somewhere.
2: Is there like type in executioners on indeed.com? And
0: <laughs> he's on LinkedIn, so I'm sure. Like once some in the pit in the greater Pittsburgh area that happens once, you're golden. Right. Any Pittsburgh theater. Now someone some theater out in Montana is probably gonna see that that viral social video and they're gonna be like, Eh, that's not real. I'm gonna check my phone. And then maybe it happens out there. Maybe it happens in Arizona. Maybe up in Maine. But like I mean this is Theater infractions are going to drop by 99%.
1: Paul, did we experience any theater infractions uh, this past Thursday night?
0: We didn't, but I, I was afraid we were going to. Because during the Cinemark fun time, during the... It seemed like an hour of
1: trailers. I think it was over 30 minutes of trailers.
0: During during the, you know, cinemark, hey, get some drink some popcorn, turn off your phone, all that stuff, and all the trailers, the crowd seemed pretty rowdy.
2: Yeah, they were a little more rowdy than I wanted them to be. At this particular theater you can buy alcoholic beverages. I saw some of our fellow moviegoers, buy a couple of drinks and get a little bit loose before the movie. I was concerned. I thought that there might have to be some justice. Yeah, do- I was, doled out. I thought so, too. I was
0: afraid that, like, I'm, I'm a big It fan. I've read the book three times, reveled over the 1990 miniseries. I was in for this experience, and I wanted to take it all in. I wanted to really soak it up, appreciate it, and I was afraid some big fucking dummy was just gonna be <laughs> trying to make jokes and laugh because he was trying to mask his fear. Yeah, of the subject in comedy.
2: Yeah, I didn't want Pennywise the clown to be degraded by some cheap amateur right. theater th- comedian. Exactly.
0: I thought it was. I, I thought we were gonna have some trouble because during previews. There was some talking, there was some laughing, but once the actual movie started, everything settled down and everyone was properly in place for this movie and it made me really happy because it was a I had a really good experience theater-wise watching this movie. I don't think we were we were in the first row of stadium seating. So we don't really know the ins and outs of what was happening behind us, but I don't think anyone got dragged out for theater, theater justice we didn't see any beheadings after so
2: clearly no one did but I don't think there were any infractions happening do you think that the just the hint that this might really be a thing in Pittsburgh to our fans might get everybody in line enough to behave that that, that the possibility that that might have happened maybe 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 somebody who knows maybe at another showing maybe at the the midnight showing or or the the two a.m. showing somebody got fucking decapitated.
0: Rumor rumor spread, that. word gets out. I think if I think if we had a hashtag theater justice t-shirt, would sell a few. I think so too. So I, I think word's sufficiently out there now that this is this is a thing. Don't fuck around. There's in a ground, goddamn
2: movie theater a groundswell for blood and butter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we saw. We saw the uh, adaptation of Stephen King's It, which really was an adaptation because um, it was a little, it was faithful, but it was really up and down from what the book offers, even from what the nineteen ninety miniseries offers. Because the miniseries was after watching this movie, I was like, and like I I finished reading the book the day that we saw the movie. I read mm-hmm. like the last twenty pages. And then we saw the movie. Uh, I've read it three times. This was my third time through, so I'm I'm very familiar with it. I'm very familiar with the miniseries. And after watching the movie, I was like, "Oh my god, the miniseries was they did a really good job holding pretty straight up to what the story's
2: all about." Uh, well, see, now <laughs> I watched the miniseries the day after. I've I've watched bits and pieces of the miniseries before, and I watched it. That Saturday, or or I guess two days later, and man, was that cheesy! Like, I, well, yeah, sure, it followed yeah. a lot of the beats and everything, but I preferred what we got in this adaptation of the first chunk of the story of the losers than what we got in the mini series. Like, I, I much preferred. Everything that happened in the movie, even at its sort of lightning speed pace, where they kind of skip over stuff. And as I'm watching it, I'm sort of thinking, well, are people that aren't familiar with this story, like, are they getting everything? Are they able to understand what's happening? Because to me, it felt like they kind of skipped through stuff, rushed through a lot of things in order to make this a timely film and not have you there for five hours.
1: I'll talk. I don't agree exactly with that because I'm coming at it from the perspective of having never read the book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I kind of know some of the details about the book that were not in the movie. Mm hmm. Uh, which I got mostly after I saw the movie. You know, like I went and read about it afterwards. Uh, But I did not feel like I was not able to keep up with the the movie. I actually thought it had a relatively deliberate pace, uh, especially for a horror movie being two hours and 15 minutes. That is exceptionally long for a horror movie. Usually horror movies are you know just a shade over 60 minutes. Mm-hmm. So this thing is clocking in at 135 minutes. That's pretty different for a horror movie. Uh I I read some of the issues that some of the um fans of the book had with the movie. They felt like maybe some of the, the details uh what was the the bully's name? Um Henry Henry, yeah, uh like his his arc was kind of like forced and and it didn't make sense to anybody that maybe didn't read the book why he was doing what he was doing And it was like, uh, uh no that was I disagree. pretty clear yeah I, I, I,
2: I thought that that was handled well. I think that you get that he's sort of a sadistic. Kid and he has some problems that may be escalating and right. Um, I felt like I there that was that, some
1: yeah. visual symbolism that that was pretty clearly linked to it, and that was why he kind of was the way he was. Maybe he was already kind of a fucked up kid, but definitely it was influencing him. I, I yeah, never. I didn't have I a just, problem with that But overall, I never felt like I was. We talk confused. about the,
0: the expedited story of Henry Bowers.
1: Yes. Thank you for joining us, Paul.
0: No problem. Um yeah, that was the biggest the Henry Bowers arc was the biggest problem I had with the movie because
1: really? I didn't yeah,
2: I didn't think that they skipped a lot of things with him, really. I thought that they they you get the you get that he's sort of a troubled sadistic kid that has a problem with his dad and uh eventually is sort of uh has some influence by by Pennywise or slash it. Now, I I, I will say that 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 I wasn't aware
1: that the cop was his dad up until really the end there when they showed the dad shows up with, you know, in the cop car and when they were about to shoot the cat and I was like, oh, that's his dad. I didn't realize that. I felt like maybe that the placement of that was a little weird. Like maybe there could have been some indication that it was his dad. But as far as like understanding his his twisted nature, I didn't feel like we were missing anything.
2: Yeah. What more? I'm interested, Paul. What more did you want from from Henry Bowers?
0: Um. See, and uh, the this is like one. Of, I I didn't want to criticize the movie too hard. Right out of the gate, because. um <clears throat> And this has happened with other. Like, this has happened with some of the Harry Potter movies where I was just kind of let down a little bit because there was a lot of stuff that they had to cut out. Um, right. But with Henry Bowers and it, it's a much. He's not just the big. He is the big sadistic bully in the books, but there is a much more subtle arc in the book with him where his dad's not a cop. His dad just owns a farm, but it's sort of a competing farm with Mike Hanlon's family's farm and Mike Hanlon, whose mom and dad live the entire time. They never die. He's never an orphan. Right. And there's this rivalry between Butch Bowers, Henry's dad, who is a farmer and Mike Hanlon's dad, who is, a, who is also a farmer. And there's a big rivalry when they're younger between the dads that spills over to the kids. The Bowers are also racist against the black uh, Hanlon family, and Henry's Henry's slow burn into into just psychosis is really it's really a slow burn through the books. The first time you really through the book. The first time you really see him is when he cuts the H into Ben's stomach, which I'm really glad they did in, in the movie. But it's all, over, it's, it's all because you don't know why. Like It's like in, the, in this movie, they're like, this is the bad guy. He's going to do bad things. In the book, Ben wouldn't let him cheat off him in a test. So at the end of the school year, Henry gets held back in the fifth grade a second time. And it's because of Ben, so there's a clear vendetta against Ben, why he's particularly going after this one kid, and he he's gonna carve his name in his stomach
2: right i I think that that's a fine thing for them to kind of speed through and, yeah, but it's, your, it's not to just, your other point, I think that that's uh um the competing nature of the Hanlins, um like in th- their their farms like that's short shrifting. Of other characters in the story, Um much like yeah, if
0: if you're gonna if you're gonna cut story from somewhere, you know Henry's expendable. There's there's some cool stuff in there with uh, Belch Huggins and Victor Chris that also gets cut out like because all they're like they're Mike along- doesn't
2: for for as pivotal as Mike becomes in the second half the adult chapters of the book, like that's where you, you kind of lose things there where he's the pivotal character that brings everybody back to the town of Derry. And from this story, I don't think that you get a lot of that from that character that he's going to be so quintessential as bringing everybody back and being a key part of the story.
0: And, And with, with Henry and Victor, Chris and Belch Huggins, you, you see the progression of their story. And all summer long, over three months, they're they're going after the losers and they keep coming up short. Like, they just keep losing. And it's this progression of being, you know, being beaten down and just missing and being beguiled this entire time from these fucking kids. So by the time the end of the summer rolls around, when Pennywise does tap Henry on the shoulder... And gets into his head to go after the kids physically because Pennywise can only sort of do it mentally. You miss all of that. And you get, and while that whole story is going on, you see even Victor and Belch Huggins back away from Henry. Like, our fucking buddy is losing his mind. And they just speed through Henry's story so fast. And I don't know if it's because I know all of the in between things that have felt so rushed, but, you know, Matt said, it made sense. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I there... think the biggest problem I had with it was just because I had too much information yeah, going that, in.
1: Right. Now, I think that I, I get what you're saying because I read half the Harry Potter books and I saw all the movies. So, the movies that I read the books to I felt like were majorly rushed even though they're typically like two and a half hours long they're long movies they've got a lot of content to the well, order of the
0: phoenix was the the biggest uh I,
1: well yeah and that was one of the books that i did read and yeah it felt really cheap although you know um the um goblet of fire the goblet of fire was pretty good that was a pretty faithful yeah, yeah. uh adaptation um and I, i'll tell you this i think maybe outside of the very first harry potter the 6th one is my favorite the um half blood prince the half blood prince me uh, too m- movies me too cool um it's like so a matt and us agree so maybe Podcast maybe buddies. my point uh really isn't valid which is you know when you read the book you're you have a certain level of uh expectation or um knowledge that otherwise you wouldn't have that you feel like isn't there but it it is you know it's there's enough for the movie going audience to get it
2: because as you're watching it you're filling in the blanks of all right, the things right like all the yeah. things
1: Paul that you said were were missing seem like appropriate for a book but they just don't seem to I felt like all the things that you're saying if they were in that movie would have just slowed that movie to a crawl because I didn't feel like this was this massively fast paced movie. As a matter of fact, I was telling Ian when you um, stepped away for a second that uh, it, it actually felt relatively slower paced for certainly for a horror movie. And I, I was quite happy with the pace of it. I was happy with the content. The, like I said, the only thing that I could really criticize as far as like that pacing thing would be. The um, maybe the the struggle that Henry Bowers had with his home life and his dad—you really didn't get that sense until the dad shows up, and then you know a few minutes later he's dead.
2: Yeah, dad shows up and he's like, "Oh, I have a delivery," and then he goes and kills him.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, that was it. Was it was the most rushed part of how they how they adapted this. And, like, there were a lot of other differences, which I understand from a movie perspective and adaptation perspective, which came across fine. But Henry, Henry Victor, and Belch are such a big part of the 1958 story. Well, that
2: Patrick Hockstetter is... Ev- like, his story arc was completely skipped over because he's even more psychotic than Henry. Oh, yeah. And right. it's his... He sticks around for a little bit longer. You find out even more disturbing Thinks He's essentially yeah. a serial killer. And there, he's that not murdered even murdered his, his. He's not uh, even really brother. part of that
0: group of friends. Um, in the book, yeah, he is. Um, which one no. was Patrick Costner? Pat-
1: Patrick
2: gets killed early in the yeah. sewer. Yeah, <clears throat> but he's he not, sticks around for quite a while. He's
0: he's in the books, but he doesn't he doesn't run with them. Even when Bev sees Patrick hanging with. Belch, Henry, and Victor, it's a rare... They say it's a rare thing because even Henry, Belch, and Victor think Patrick Hoxstetter is super fucking weird because he is because he steals neighborhood pets and animals, shuts them in a fridge, and waits till they die and then comes back and looks at their dead bodies.
2: Right, and I think that, that one, one of the that plays to one of the things that I thought was kind of missing is the sick nature of the people of Derry and the fact that Pennywise is more than just like an entity that is in the town. It's something that's infected the town and made a lot of people do crazy things. It's made people ignore the murders that happen. And I think that that's a point that was skipped over that, Pennywise is greater than one thing he's something that has made this town a yeah. sick place And no, that's
0: something I didn't pick up on until this last reading of the book that before the final battle when they're kids and um every like it it seems to all happen by circumstance, but whenever right before the losers Club. Decides we need to go into the sewers right now and take care of this. They're all talking about how the town's deserted. Everyone seems to have just locked themselves away in their house. Um, I didn't pick up until this last reading that it's because it, it is because Pennywise is holding a greater hold over the entire town and just shutting them off. There's a handful of instances in the book where someone is in. Fairly mortal danger, and the adults just look the other way and let it happen.
2: And you get you get a yeah, little bit of that when the car drives by and the people ignore. Yeah, you then get, Being assaulted and, and a balloon, there's a red balloon. It's not you get like, a taste, of right? It. It's
1: not like that was any kind of subtle, uh, like hinting. I mean, it was like pe- Pennywise yeah. is the reason why these people. Aren't stopping and helping. He's the reason why Henry Bowers. Did you get that from this? Just absolutely this movie? yes. Yeah, the balloons are all over the place. Like it's not like okay. Those I, are all right.
0: I see what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, there's. I, I felt like it was very, very obvious. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like the most obvious thing. There's, there's a bit of symbolism going on, but it, it was. It's not like it was hidden.
0: Well, they play it. They play it in the movie that just all the adults are just horrible
1: people. And it's
0: not it's not the case. Um, you know, you know, Stan's parents in the book are good parents. Richie's parents are great parents. Mm-hmm. Ben's mom is a great mom. There's tons of good adults in Derry, but the ones we see in this movie, you know, Eddie Kasprach's mom in the book, she's overbearing, but she's not She's not mean. She's but not The way she's evil. portrayed in the yeah. in the in this movie, she's got this um, this real just like uh, just mean streak to her. Yeah, pretty much.
1: But like, there was something kind of cool about the way they handled the adults because it isolated the kids even more to show that they're totally on their own to deal with this threat. And
2: maybe it did elevate the kids, like because one thing that I can say. The kids were awesome in this movie. Probably the best thing that this movie did was the handling of the relationship of the kids. Like, I could have watched just a movie of them fucking around all summer, Sans, horrible, murdering clown threat. Like, if they just went to the arcade and fucked around, that would have been a cool movie. I thought they got to,
0: hey, this is the problem. We need to fix it really fast. And again, this could be because I just, I'm, um, I, I finished reading the book hours before we saw the great. movie. So I'm um, like, I have all this, all this knowledge built up, but all of a sudden it, it builds like, Hey, this is a big monster. He lives in the sewer. We got to get it. Yeah, well, I'm I like, mean, how
1: did you fucking know that? Yeah. Big difference between a 1500 page book and a, and a two hour movie. I mean, obviously things going not have to be abbreviated in the movie right. and, and for a movie, I thought the pacing was just right. Like, it it sounds like maybe you would have been more satisfied if this was an eight episode TV series, like on Netflix or something. I was thinking
0: about it. I think they could have done uh They could have made it a trilogy,
2: three movies.
1: How would you? Do How that? would they have broken that up? It's though? so like, clearly
0: two parts. I didn't get that far. It's not though, because I think I th- the the kid's story and the adult story I think are better told intertwined. So if we were getting, if you tell it in two parts where you're getting flashbacks to let's say Ryan Gosling plays Bill Denbro as an adult and Jaden Lieber plays him as a kid like we saw in this movie. If you're seeing them both in the same movie you're getting more of an emotional connection. You're understanding who Bill Denbro is so that when they do make part two, and we see Ryan Gosling, we're st- we still have the connection to Jane Lieber.
2: I think they can handle if that If they do it all at once. Like they can but they're not going to do flashbacks. Well, you don't might. know that, because they haven't started production it on might the do second some. movie, so these you're kids just guessing. Were,
1: look, these kids were the best part of the movie, right? They were so, fantastic. So they Stan, that kid sucked. So they may not well, want... He was bad. <laughs> well, but his
0: monster was... Super scary,
2: mm. yeah. Was it super scary? I had a problem with that. That it monster was, was fucking when you, stupid. When you
0: first see it in the the uh, chapel office, really fucked up. But when you see it in the sewer, then I was. Uh, it was the dumb. effects kind of wore off a little. It was bit.
2: dumb both times. They could have done something um, a little bit more frightening. So Paul, I was not. It, happy I find with it that
1: interesting one. that you think that it would be a better story, uh, even in film as intertwining the past with the present, because for me, I'm not a big flashback fan, especially when they're really heavy handed. If they're pretty short and sweet, that's one thing. But to to flip flop the story back and forth, that would be kind of irritating. It would be like doing Lord of the Rings and, and... intertwining the Hobbit with it so it made sense no like,
0: not yeah. at all because the Hobbit is they're totally different characters it's a totally different story
1: okay it would be like it intertwining uh, a new hope and the prequel trilogy into one movie it wouldn't it wouldn't add anything
0: again there's only one character in those movies that's the same um no I I think being that it is it, it's the same it's the same characters mm-hmm the age difference is so great that you can't have Ryan Gosling playing
2: both roles. You can you can wrap that up in a flashback that starts the film that establishes who those people are, who those characters go on to be. I think you can do that pretty
1: easily. Yeah, it, it like, seems I, I think unnecessary.
2: That, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I know the book was written that way. I I get it, Paul. But I think that the way that they're doing it now, especially with the degree of skill that they they handled this first movie just telling the one first chunk of it and it being pretty successful. Oh this was great. I think that they can get away with just a flash one flashback or two flashbacks this was, to this establish was great who's who.
0: in the same way the Wizard and Glass Marvel Comics book of the Dark Tower was told that you don't need the other stuff because the Wizard and Glass story of Roland as a kid learning to be a gunslinger that story, it's linear. It's it all takes place in one go. Fantastic. This same thing. I mean, this could be one and done. We don't even need to know yeah, that the adults come back 27 years later. This was a great story on its own. The just the kid's story, that's fine.
2: But And I think that's why they told it like that because they knew that they could they could essentially get away with just doing one movie. Just like that, because this is the most honestly, this is the most important part of the story, and right. probably the most um, the the part of the story that rings truest to the the audience that's going to see it. It's the the funnest part of the story. Second part of it isn't all that great.
0: Yeah, and that's that's my that's where my doubt creeps in. Is that this is the best part of the story, and if you want the second half of the story. To have that, have the emotional weight, have the interest that the first part does. It needs to have a greater connection because this is, this is the best part of the story. But when nobody's going to go it's the see the second one without it's, seeing it's the first the one. Kids though, man,
2: going up against the big monster. It's Stranger Things theory, right? But nobody's going to see the second one without seeing the first one. It's going to have all that weight because we're, we all watch those kids for two hours go up against Pennywise and succeed. Yeah
0: possibly but if you i'm just saying if you you could wrap it all together you could do them all at one time you could do the lord of the rings style trilogy film all three movies all at once bring everyone together you could really pull it all pull it all together have all the emotional connections add a third movie in there be able to bring a little more of all more of the connectivity between characters you know the little subtle points and just make it a fuller
2: experience i don't know where you would break like this is a natural break in the I story i don't mean, i don't know I where don't, you would break it into three well if, I'm
1: not if, a filmmaker. if paul's doing it there wouldn't need to be that break cuz <clears throat> it would be present and past intertwined together for three consecutive movies Uh, I think the pacing of the movie was just what it needs to be for a movie. The the book is just a different animal. And uh, boy, am I glad that they made it the way that they did. And and it seems like it's going to be perfect for a two-part story.
2: Yeah, I, I think that audiences agree with that because it broke a bunch of records this past weekend. 123 million opening for a horror film yeah. is uh like, I pretty wish, substantial.
1: I wish somebody would edit the book and basically rewrite the book in chronological Matt, order.
0: I'm with you. I don't I don't agree with well, chronological order, but, the book, but there is a lot there's a lot of extraneous stuff in there that you don't need. Like there's a bunch of stuff in there that I was like, "Oh, I don't think it's a fucking exhausting chapter to read of this the stuff. Book in you the listen manner that to it's
2: it. written. It's the same as fucking reading it, though. It's the same thing. I'm still getting the information in the same way. I uh, am. I don't think I, I disagree. What? Wait, I, I'm listening sorry. to a book and taking in the information is, is not the same. same as reading it. It, it, it is. the same. It's, it's not
0: it's... because you can listen to a book and draw at the same time and multitask. Like you can't read a book and do something else at the same time. Are you going to argue with that? I'm just sitting here, man. I think that... No, no, I'm not...
2: Don't just yeah, sit Paul, here, man. Like, No, uh, I'm not going to sit here. That's the reason why I listen to books, so I can get shit done, so I don't have to sit there and fucking only spend time on one thing. I like to multitask. I like to take in information and also fucking do things and yeah. contribute. That's what I like to do. I and like that's the that way too. that I like to take in information... I I don't want to, like, it doesn't, I got the story. I listened to the story. I also absorbed the story just like you did. I didn't have to fucking read it three or four fucking times like you did or whatever the fuck. I got the story, dude. I understand what happened. I fucking read it, okay? Yes, Uh, you
0: listened to it and you got to do all that other stuff during the same time, which you just proved my point is totally different than reading it and doing nothing but reading the book because get, when you're reading I, a book I guess so, that's all you're doing is reading it
2: right I so, can't- so that makes you where where matt is he's just he's just the plebe who went to the movies and saw the movie and i went to the movie and also listened to it, but you are the king that read it fucking 15 times no where's 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 paul's crown do we have it is it here my point was that
0: you can't when you're reading any book, not just this book, any book, when you're actually reading it, that's all you're doing is reading it. You can't multitask your, when you're reading your point? something.
2: Like, what's what what, your point? What is your point? Get to your point.
0: I don't remember what my point was.
2: Because you, you don't have one. No, I did. You just want to be the king. <clears throat> you just want to be the king of fucking dominant knowledge. I, you have I, all the knowledge. You are the, the, the I forget, authority. I
0: forget what you started with, but who you, knows, ma- you made my point for
2: me. I guess I. Did. You can like yeah. You're, you read king, it Paul. or you you listen to it.
0: You took it all in. You understood it all. That's fine.
2: I forget why you were undercutting me in the first place. I don't that's the, remember that's the you real did. key to it. Well, was, what
1: were, Paul, we th- were, you, were we talking were you saying about? Going that he into wasn't this? getting the full experience because he was distracted by doing other things while he's listening to the no, story. No, that wasn't
0: that because I think he I think he took all of it in. Okay, yeah. Then I. What
2: were we talking about? I don't right know. Before that. I don't know why you were trying to degrade my experience of <laughs> absorbing this media. I, I don't wasn't, know why. I
0: wasn't trying to degrade your experience. I forget what we were talking about. What was the point
1: before I, that? I don't. I'm, I'm excited don't know. to listen back
0: to hear none of us remember the what be, like, the point was before
2: that. I don't know.
1: I would hope that you would know what your point was. Oh, I don't. He I'm excited
2: off. that I attacked you so viciously. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's <laughs> that exactly. That's exactly what happened. That I blew it out of your mind. <laughs> that's
0: exactly what happened. I got I got into such defensive posture. I was so worried about my defensive playbook that the
2: offensive playbook that I was on went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we talk about we we talked about things that we didn't like here and there. What are some things that we did like about the movie? I loved a lot of things about this movie. I love
0: that. In its own way, it was very faithful to the books. There were a lot of Easter eggs in there. Uh, Matt, I, I'm pretty sure you appreciated Eddie's Airwolf t-shirt. Boy, did I ever. I did Coming I right off the
2: theme Matt,
1: song podcast.
2: Matt pointed it out, and I was like, where's the executioner? I tried to get the executioner <laughs> over to cut Matt's head off.
1: Oh, come on. It was Airwolf.
0: What was yeah, I um, supposed to do? Ignore were, that? Um, in the... In the book they all go into the house on Nibble Street and it's um it's Ben that that falls back in the crowd and the the room extends and all of a sudden everyone else is like a mile away from him and he starts running and he can't he he he, he can't get to them. In the movie Eddie gets held back and the same sort of thing happens. There are different callbacks uh when Ben first sees it in the books he sees a mummy walking on the canal in the book in the movie he sees dead kids in the the library but when they're in the big battle at the end when it goes after him a mummy wraps him up real fast and there's a bunch of little callbacks Um, there are more Richie's freezes department store t-shirt stuff like that I don't know why they didn't call the Crestmont theater the Aladdin if you're gonna go to all these all these other little details. Why not make the theater of the Aladdin? Because that's a pretty big landmark in the book.
2: Yeah, uh, and and I didn't like that they they switched out a lot of the monsters. They used a lot of because it was the fifties in the book. They used a lot of Universal monsters. Uh, the Frankenstein plays a heavy role, as well as the uh, the Wolfman is also yeah, involved. And I wish that they. I mean, those are a pretty... Wolfman could have been terrifying because
0: Lupin and. Prisoner of Azkaban is pretty fucking scary. I
2: thought in the trailers, whenever you see the kids in the in the house and you see Pennywise's glove explode and there's yeah. like claws, I thought that was the wolf man because yeah, that's the too. part that came in. Um, it's, a stra- it's a strange thing that they switched out some of the monsters.
1: Remember when Richie said the thing that he's afraid of is clowns?
0: Yeah. W- yeah.
1: Why was he the only one that didn't have a specific monster. Like, why was his fear the one that Pennywise actually is? Yeah, I, I think don't, they were I don't they know.
0: were saving that for the Nibel Street scene. What do you mean? I think that's oh when, they he, were, goes they were yeah. when he goes into the room. They were saving and they're all when he goes into that room. Okay, like
2: so you know, as <laughs> because, a viewer, you could potentially when, look at all the clowns and be like, "Where's Pennywise? Oh my god!" Because where is he in he at? the
0: book. Richie's experience with Pennywise is the giant Paul Bunyan statue comes alive and tries to hack him up, which would have been bananas, right? <laughs> and and there is a nod. We see the Paul Bunyan statue in the movie, which is great, but that just wouldn't have played well. In, yeah, in, this, in and movie. I thought they were going to do that as soon as I saw it, and I was like,
2: mm, maybe hold back. <laughs> but
0: like Stan sees the weird painting, which was creepy. Ian, you didn't think so. Uh but the, yeah, the I didn't love it. The dead kids coming out of the standpipe would have been way scarier. And I would have liked to have seen that.
2: Well also I think that Patrick Hockstetter's fear was leeches, those flying leeches and I think that would have been really yeah. fucked up to see. Yeah, that
0: that would have, that reminded me of some the mist shit. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I liked a lot about this movie. I liked the Bradley Gang painting on the the side of the the side of the building they were hanging out by. Uh, you know the the way they tied the very racial black spot fire murders into Mike Hanlon's parents uh, dying in their house fire.
2: Yeah, but you know, I think that the way that this movie was pretty adult with. A lot of the language that it you that the kids used, I think that they could have got away with all of that. The you know the fact that the black spot was some like a uh, fucking you know something that happened to kill people and. Um, oh, Henry sure Bowers, we were going to get bomb out of Henry, yeah, and like Henry Bowers' yeah, family was was like tied into the black spot stuff, and like. Yeah. I thought that they that that's an easy thing for them to do, especially with how mature this movie was. That that was something that I liked about the movie. The kids were throwing F bombs all over the place, man. It was way funnier than I
0: thought it was gonna be. Uh Finn Wolfhard and the kid that played Eddie, whose name I don't remember. Yeah, like, those they, two steal the show. They really worked well together. Yeah. Um they had great delivery, a lot of funny stuff. When uh You know, Finn Wolfhard that plays Richie, he goes into the clown room and the coffin opens up and he's like, fuck this. Like, it was just... It was done so well up until that point. He has the big Coke bottle glasses the whole time.
1: Yep. Really good stuff. Yeah, he had so many good zingers and one-liners, but Eddie was throwing them right back at him. And, uh, I mean, it was... Probably the best kid banter I have ever seen in a movie ever.
0: They they all and like I don't know how much of a cue they took from Stranger Things, but one of the best things about Stranger Things was that the kids were appropriate aged. Yep, you know you weren't getting twenty year olds to play fifteen year olds. Yep, Um, everyone looked. You know, roughly around the age they should have been, which is eleven. Yep. Maybe a little they look a little bit older, but like they all looked like kids. They all felt like kids. Mm-hmm. They interacted like kids. And I think I you know, it, it felt to me like, you know, the Duffer brothers and Stranger Things mm-hmm. uh got on something right and this it movie really played off of that and made it work the, to a larger scale.
1: The girl that played Beverly was fantastic. I thought she was a great actor, I think. I really liked Ben. I liked everybody. I, um, I wanted the kid that played Ben to look a little bit older. He He looked a little younger than he acted and a little younger than he spoke, but I kind of liked that. It was almost like this... You ever like watch shows what's the um the Steve Harvey show with like the little kids that come on and they have all these talents? Uh, little big shots right they come on and and they look like babies and then they come on and they start talking and they sound like fucking adults and you're just like there's something kind of either weird or special about this kid that was kind of the vibe that I got from Ben like it's like this this little mm-hmm. adult and and it totally fit the character that he looked a little younger. So I was like, yeah. actually, that kind of works. Um, I thought that this movie, uh, if we're talking about good things, was it, it had a, a particular ambiance that that was consistent all the way through the movie. Everything from the the piano playing soundtrack, uh, and it starts out, and it's the mother. It's playing the piano in the house, and mm-hmm. it's like, Don't play that creepy song. Stop that. You're just gonna Can't get you- people killed. Yeah, I know. Can't you play something a little more upbeat? Play some ragtime, mom.
0: <laughs> this so- isn't Westworld. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, play Black Hole Sun ragtime. <laughs> so, that soundtrack was kind of there the whole time. So, it created the mood. I, I don't know where they filmed this movie, maybe they actually filmed it in Maine, but I felt like Derry was perfect, you know, like they kept showing that- mo- the Aladdin movie theater that was showing Batman and Lethal Weapon Two uh, at the same time, which really took me back because I remember in 1989 when I was nine years old, those were pretty much the two biggest yeah movies they the summer. they
0: adapted it from the '50s to the '80s. perfect. It had that yeah. you know it's like they took the you know the Stranger things formula. And they really made this feel legitimate, like a legitimate '80s movie.
2: Yeah, it was it, like a cyclical thing with Stranger Things pulling from so many Stephen King's '80s yeah. tropes, and then this coming back around to right. pull from Stranger Things. It, it's it's kind of a cool, uh, like tip of the cap to itself, basically. So well done, me. Thank you, me. Yeah. At some point, whenever they were going through the town and it was saying, Dairy, um, one of the theater goers turned to me and was like, I wonder where this is filmed at. And I was like, Executioner, come get this guy. (laughs) And it was. The bloodlust on this guy. Spoiler, it was Matt.
1: (laughs) It was a legit question. I wanted the executioner to kill him
0: right then. Let it be known. My blood is in this guy's lust tonight If you've listened to the whole episode
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's something going on I guess when the lights go out It's just a we're, different either. We're
0: legitimately by, can- by like candlelight tonight
2: Matt's got the red mic over there, man hey,
0: but we're the only ones that can see What's coming through the door to get you uh, Nothing That's true I'm
1: coming
2: to get you <laughs>
1: oh, oh, my goodness! such bravado Yeah
0: so uh before we wrap up tonight, what were our what was our favorite part of it? I think we all liked it. we were all all in all fans right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. De-
2: yeah i I definitely liked it matt favorite
0: scene favorite uh, part well, well let me
1: let me pick two um okay. I thought that um okay, so I don't really remember the mini series well enough to remember too many details because I had only watched it when it was on. I taped it and I probably watched it a handful of times after that, but probably never like much past 1990 or 91. So in the opening, you know that Georgie gets pulled down into the sewer. And I thought the way that they introduced Pennywise and how horrifying he is and and that he's not just some clown, the fact that he bites off Georgie's arm—I didn't remember that, but apparently that's in the book, and
0: um, I don't know if it was in the original it's, miniseries. It's abstract in both. You never—it's alluded to in the series that he bites off his arm, but you never see it. And in the they, book, in the, they never say.
2: I thought they said it in the book that he takes his arm. Off. He, yeah, I
0: thought he I, takes his arm, but you don't I'll know bite. if he bites it or rips it, it off. Yeah, yeah, But but it comes in the, off in the book in the miniseries. Georgie doesn't get taken into the sewers. Um,
2: yeah, he's clearly he's clearly dead. Somebody, yeah, something neighbor, happened to him. That a neighbor, a
0: neighbor, a neighbor comes out and finds Georgie screaming, bleeding on the ground, and then he bleeds out
1: in the street with okay. the neighbor. This was way better than that. Yeah, this like you see this little kid. There's nothing. And this is why it doesn't happen in movies very often. Actual death of children shown on screen, right? Yeah, I was all into it. Killing, kids. right? They ripped this kid's great. arm off. Can remi- this
0: episode be called Ian's Bloodlust?
1: It, it might need to be. Uh, it, but it reminded me of Jaws four when Sean Brody gets his arm ripped <gasps> off by the shark. Yeah, I, I went there, and and it because he's got the the yellow slicker on just like Georgie had on in in it and you see this kid trying to crawl away armless well at least one armless and one arm then there's that overhead shot and you see it's arm extending out from the sewer yeah. just so cool right and uh so i really like that part but uh i thought the the first time they go into its house and confront him the three of them um uh, um, it's what it's Eddie Richie and and Ben and Bill or Bill. Um, they go in and uh, I thought that was a really really good moment. I love that it, it takes place in the day. You know, it's not they're not dealing with shadows. The there's actual right. There's day actual action. sunlight pouring through the windows, and yet it's still really scary. Um, and and then one last little thing. I really liked when Richie. Gives his like little hero speech, how he's all pissed off at Bill for having to, you know, be in this position. But then he pulls out the baseball bat and he's like, "Now I gotta kill this fucking thing or whatever he said." Yeah, I was like, "How could I get like like pumped up? Like that was the speech of the year, and I'm pumped up from like a 13 year old giving it. That was really cool."
0: Yeah, they got the they got all the personalities, even if they changed the the backstory subtly. They got all the personalities of the kids. Pretty spot on.
1: Um, Paul, what was your favorite part of the movie?
0: Um, my, favorite, my favorite part of the movie was probably all the nods to things that happened in the book. There were clear changes to um, a lot of the characters, some of the characters' backstories and how things actually played out. But then there were there were really subtle things. I mentioned a, a couple of them before like, you know, Richie's Freezes Department Store shirt, which is in the book it's a, it's a hilarious chapter of how Richie he he run, he escapes Henry and the gang at school. He runs all through town and loses them in Freezes Department Store. And the way Stephen King writes it, he writes it like it's a fucking comedy story. It's so fucking funny because Stephen King is an underrated comedy writer. And the freezes department store shirt stuff like that and so whenever whenever they're all in the house on on Evil Street and it's coming to get Eddie. Bev comes in from the side, she stabs Pennywise through the head with the you know the um the fence post. Yeah. In the book, they're all in the room at the same time. Pennywise comes up through the toilet and he becomes a, 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 he he becomes a, a, a werewolf. He goes after Bev because Bev has a slingshot with silver slugs in it. So he recognizes the threat. He goes after the threat first. Ben's in love with Bev. Ben steps in front of her and Pennywise rips his his stomach open. Not mortally. But in the movie Bev stabs him through the head with the post and he ripped he sent he turns his head to the side, and rips Ben's stomach open. So there's little nods to things that happen in the book all throughout the movie. Just little subtle stuff like that, which really made me appreciate it. I had a fuller experience. Um, But as far as favorite actual movie things, it's that entire bit where Pennywise comes out of the fridge and he's dislocating joints. Like, uh, yeah, and he's kind of reform. He unfolds himself. And he's walking towards Eddie. And he's talking to him a little bit. He's taunting him a little bit. Because the 1990s series and even in the book... Pennywise talks to those kids a lot. Like, he is goading those kids on all the fucking time. He is talking shit the entire time.
2: I, I thought that he talked a lot in the, in the film. I thought that he talked to the kids yeah. a fair amount.
0: Yeah, and when he's coming after... Eddie, the way they unfold him from the box, the way Bill Skarsgård's talking to him, the way he gets right up on him, it's just so fucked up and so creepy. I loved it.
2: Yeah, the, um... Just Pennywise... Bill Skarsgård's portrayal of Pennywise, because I watched the... I I recorded uh, the next day, I recorded the movie from the 90s and watched it and watching some of the scenes that they covered Bill, uh, nothing nothing bad about tim curry's portrayal he was doing a different thing he was going for a different thing but tim curry's pennywise comes off as a you know a demented clown like but that's a human thing bill skarsgård's version of pennywise comes off as something otherworldly there are moments when Pennywise is talking to the kids where you can tell that he like he loses what he's trying to say and he doesn't know how to translate what he's trying mm-hmm. to say in bill Skarsgård's eyes yeah. like Separate, and he like it's his. And I read that he actually can do that with his eyes. So that wasn't a CG effect or anything <laughs> cool. like that. He just made his eyes like kind of float around in his head, and then he gets it back, and he starts talking again to the kids. And that's something that always that freaked me out. Yeah, Matt, that you- was I.
0: I love that too. That was that was super fucked up because, um, like I don't in in the book they don't really tell you where. It's from, they don't, they're not really clear if he's some kind of like before the universe
2: being, if he's an alien, but he is not of Earth. Well, he comes down from a comet. He is an alien. And if you do a deep dive, he's from one of the worlds in the Dark Tower.
1: Boy, yeah. am I glad they didn't get into that. In and yeah. I don't
2: think that they ever would. But for those that want to know, that's where he's from.
0: But like in the in the book, there's there's it who's ancient, and there's the turtle who is more
2: ancient. Right. And thank God they didn't get into that. So also. It, it's
0: almost like a <laughs> they weird, gave a little like, nod
2: when the yeah. kids were swimming around. There, like oh, oh that
0: shit. Yeah. And there there are a lot of turtle references in the movie too, which was fantastic. But there's um. There's a weird, you know, God-Lucifer allegory in the book between the turtle and it. And and it's never, like, yeah, if you dig into the Stephen King wiki, like, oh, you know, different worlds, Dark Tower, all that stuff. But just it itself, you don't Mm -hmm. really know what it is or where it's from. But the fact that it's trying, whatever it is, is trying to be a person but can't really do it right. And when it when it has the yellow eyes when it first meets Georgie and then it's kind of chill and it gets it together and the eyes go blue and then they kind of fade to yellow again and the eyes eyes go separate. It's so fucking creepy. This movie wasn't necessarily scary, but it was so fucking creepy. And Pennywise himself, so good. So fucking good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, Matt, you mentioned Pennywise in the sewer, that first scene where he meets Georgie and that's mm-hmm. the perfect way to kick off the film that that whole exchange just when he's the way that Bill scars he, he pronounces things and he, he, he was like, you know, Oh, here, here's your boat. Take it. And like, it was just so weird the way that he says it and yeah, yeah. like it, it, freaked me out just the way like his his big teeth he had like these big buck buck teeth teeth, and when he's talking a lot of the times he starts drooling and it's really unsettling so yeah he drools he drools a lot which was really unsettling so that that um the first part in, where he's having the exchange with Georgie was one of my favorite parts. And also when the the losers are sitting around and they're watching the film and uh, they're yeah, watching oh, the yeah. slideshow so and Fucked the up. slideshow falls down. And even even knowing that that's how it was going to be and you were going to see, like eventually you're going to see Pennywise and it was going to speed up. from Seeing that from the trailers, it's still... As those moments were passing by I was getting goosebumps yeah. And I was yeah. getting chills And th- then there's a shock moment when Where you know, it cuts away and Pennywise Is in the room with them And that was probably One of the legitimately scary Moments of the movie So yeah those would be my two Favorite scenes of the film Paul why
0: don't we give it a final score Um okay be- Before I give my final score I want to give um A little nod to something I never picked up on in in the book before that I did this time that really, really impressed me and and struck a chord with me. The whole time when they're kids, they call it it because there's no name for it. Mm -hmm. And they're calling it it. And it's just this abstract thing. When the kids all grow up, they leave dairy, they go on to live adult lives. None of them remember what happened. Until Mike calls them back to dairy and then they go back, they start remembering. Scars start appearing that they never had before, and then they remember what happened. And then once they finally defeat it as adults Spoilers they forget they start forgetting again. And the last people to forget are Mike and Bill. And as they're as they're talking to Should
1: I close my ears for this, Paul? I mean
0: The book's been out for 30 fucking years.
1: Well, maybe everyone doesn't want to read a 1,500-page book. I guess you can listen to it. Give it a seven.
2: It was a great book. Like, lazy. Well,
1: we're reviewing the movie that we saw, not the book, right? I mean, or am I wrong? Well, Matt, the fucking movie is clearly vastly
0: different from what I read in the book, so I don't think you have anything to worry about. Um, You know, Mike's clearly not going to be the guy that hangs... That hangs back and calls everyone back this time. So, why? Well, I can't tell you because you didn't read the book and it's going to be a big spoiler. I give it a seven, Ian.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I give it an eight. It was sufficiently creepy. I wish that it was a little bit more creepy. Uh, the one thing I'm going to get into, you know, I, that I didn't like, they sped up Pennywise's movements a lot, which I like to call clown time. Clown time. Where he would come at things real fast, and he would dance yeah. real fast, and he would move real fast. I didn't like that. I like my scares to be slow and steady, like an R and B song. So, um, <laughs> but it sufficiently creeped me out. To the the following night, I had to do something where it was it was nighttime, and I had to like reach. Around the steps and do things around my downstairs steps, and I was sufficiently creeped out Mm because I thought Pennywise might creep up slowly through the uh, through through the basement. So I was creeped out. Uh, I I give it, I give it an eight. That's not bad. It's good, not bad. That's a good score. Pennywise was good. Pennywise the clown was awesome. The kids, the whole the whole story with the children, yeah. That was great how they handled everything there. The only thing that I can do is nitpick. So it yeah, honestly, it deserves all the money that it made, all the kudos that it gets and eight from me.
1: I, yeah, I I really have a hard time even nitpicking many things outside of maybe the um the speed at which the Henry um Bowers stuff went down. Once we're introduced to his dad, who we had seen earlier in the movie, and then he just kind of, then it's confirmed who he's the parent of. Um, I don't think that that was ever really confirmed until he shows up before he's going to shoot the cat, right? Right. Uh, Other than that, I don't think I have a criticism for this movie. Uh, Maybe I could say it wasn't as scary as I wanted it to be, because going in, I thought it was going to be the scariest movie i ever saw or maybe one of and and it wasn't however it surprised me in other good ways like it was way funnier than i thought and not in a bad way it was uh had one of the strongest ensemble casts i can remember in a movie um and it was just a great movie it wasn't necessarily a great horror movie. Like you said, Ian, like you could watch these kids just kind of screwing around over the summer. If it's that cast with those kind of like hijinks, I think awesome. that
0: was, I think that was one of its strengths. It wasn't a gimmicky horror movie, like something like unfollowed yeah, where it's, yeah, no, uh, it was, where it's clearly a bunch of writers. Like what if a demon followed you on Facebook? And then they build a movie around it. Right. This was a, this was a movie about kids and about their relationships and there happens to be a evil alien demonic monster. Yeah, yeah. I really
2: bought into their friendship, and right. at the end when they're taking the blood oath, like I bought into that those kids loved each other, and that's what I think you have to do. And kudos to the filmmaker for making that happen. Um, I forget Machado, machete, machete? M- yeah, machete, He he did uh, Mama, which I think uh, Matt you sing the praises of.
1: Do I, I? Have I seen that? Mama sucked. Mama? I thought Mama you liked it. Mama sucked. Well, I don't know what that is. Ma- Another horror the, movie? I thought you liked that one. Did I see Maybe I, I don't maybe, remember. Maybe I'm wrong.
2: I
0: could the, be wrong. The short film, the Mama short that the movie was based off of is fucking terrifying. Oh. But the movie was weak sauce.
2: Oh, okay. My bad. I don't
0: know. But I'm glad he got a legit shot with it because this shit was good. It, it was it. supposed to be Carrie Fukunawa who was the uh, season one true detective guy.
2: But he okay. wanted to put that kid orgy or kid gang back yeah, in there. Yeah, so they, oh, they really? bumped.
0: Uh, we don't know if that's fact, but he he got cut. He got cut and for. And then they brought for, in uh, the Muschietti guy.
2: He got cut for sexual things. And there was that and the Patrick Hawkstetter blowjob
0: oh, uh, proposal. Yeah. Hey, it, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Matt never read the book. Don't fucking spoil it.
1: Paul, it's one thing don't to offer, spoil... Don't
0: offer something profound and insightful to the podcast because <laughs> someone who's never read the book and who's never going to read the book doesn't want it spoiled for never when he never gets it spoiled because he's never going to read it. That's going to do it for us tonight, folks. My name is Paul
2: McGinty. Matt, did you want to finish up your thought? Yeah,
1: I'll finish up my thought. I might even give uh, give a score to this movie. but uh, I gave that- you time to interject. <laughs> that- you were silent. That may be too profound for you, Paul. So, uh, first of all, spoiling the second part of the story, of which we haven't seen yet in the movie, for those of us that haven't read it, is different than adding uh, ancillary details to the movie that we already saw. Well, also,
0: the the movie we saw is completely different from the books, so I'm not spoiling anything. I wouldn't say
2: (laughs) completely. Different, but I only listen, so who? knows? Yeah, you don't. You don't really have those up kind up of details. On, I didn't pick up on any. You don't Ian, know those. Nuances. You and I are going to
0: discuss this particular spoiler once Matt's gone, because I guarantee you agree with me that this would not spoil shit for him.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, since you're the authority in uh, what constitutes spoilers and what doesn't, uh, we'll just have to take your word for it. I guess so. Um... Although I think the people would agree with me that you were going down the road of spoiling the second part, Uh, so the first part, though, however, uh, the the first movie, um, it gets for me a ten out of ten. It is look out now one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. It was fantastic. Not as scary as I expected it to be, but probably better Dude. in other ways. So the whole thing was fantastic. I wanted to go back the next day and watch it again. I loved it. I honestly loved it.
2: thought about going back to see it again too. It like was I, I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, I mean maybe it, it was my bloodlust. Maybe it was my love of this movie.
1: Or maybe it was just the fact that you don't have all the details worked out cuz you only listen you to You know it. what?
2: I only yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe yeah, you, yeah. Right. I, I wanted to really I can't
0: wait like to listen back to this. And, and find out and why find out why <laughs> I started going down that track. There's no, there's a real point. I just don't remember it. <laughs> no, this is good. Like I'm glad I'm glad it's getting such high marks because I love this I love this property. And you know, so long as good things can come out of this, I'm I'm all in. I, I love this. I'm glad you're giving it a ten out of ten. I'm glad Ian loves it. I'm glad it's getting it had a huge box office weekend. I, I love this.
1: Yeah, it's great to see a horror movie get this kind of treatment. And not not a gimmicky horror movie, right, like you said. Right. This is a legit story that uh, has, I mean, really, it has like Heart. all elements that make up a great story. And we at McSauce love horror. And we do. it's great to see it get such uh, quality treatment.
0: And in a couple weeks. We're going to delve into four weeks of horror. But until then, my name's Paul McGinty. And Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.